Hi, I'm going to be reading from the Good News magazine. I'll be reading reading the article titled, The Christian Family, Teach Your Children God's Ways by Bill Jacobs. Jesus Christ recognized that children must be included in the spiritual life of his followers. Are we teaching them to love God's ways and especially his Sabbath? If you are one of God's people, you are a vessel. God is using to preserve truth. God preserves his truth and love and love for his ways in the hearts of people. He preserves his truth across time from generation to generation. This principle is so important that God commanded the nation of Israel. Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine. You shall teach them to your children, speaking at them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to get them, like the days of the heavens above the earth. Above the earth, Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 18 to 21. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Chapter 11, 18 to 21, 18. 18 to 21, 18. Take, take these words of mind to heart and keep them in mind. Write them down. Tie them around your waist and wear them as headbands as a reminder. Teach them to your children and talk about them. When you are at home or away. When you lie down or get up, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Then, then you and your children will live for a long time in this, in this land that the Lord swore to give to your, to your ancestors as long as there's a sky above the earth. He knew that if the nation was to survive and thrive, his spiritual truths must be preserved and passed down from, from parents to children. Jesus Christ penetrated this principle, instructing his disciples not not to ignore the not to ignore the children in the midst. Whoever we, whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me but him who sent me. He said, Mark chapter nine, verse thirty-seven. Mark chapter nine. Mark chapter nine, verse thirty-seven. Verse thirty-seven. Whoever welcomes a child like this in my name welcomes me. Whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. Who sent me. He too recognized that children must be included in the spiritual life of his followers. The Sabbath command, since God is, since God is, is virtually concerned about our children, we must be concerned for our children's spiritual welfare. We must learn to pass.
to pass God's truth on to them. How, how do we do that? To illustrate how we can teach our children God's truth. Let's look at one of God's Ten Commandments, the fourth. Specifically, let's see how we can teach our children to love and keep God's Sabbath as He intended. Why single out the Sabbath as our example in this article? God commanded that we observe his Sabbaths, the weekly and annual Sabbaths. As a family, God commanded that, that all family members, as well as household servants and visitors, and visitors were, to, were to refrain for normal work on that day. Exodus chapter 20, verse 10. Exodus chapter 20, chapter 20, verse 10, verse 10. The seventh day is a day of worship dedicated to the Lord your God, you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female slaves, your cattle and the foreigners living in your city, in your city. Must must never do in any work on that day. The Sabbath is is also a test commandment, demonstrating our level of commitment to obeying God, regardless of any consequences. The Sabbath also lays the groundwork for our, for our relationship with God and the and the religion of the heart. He reminds us weekly that He is our Creator and that His kingdom. Will come as promised. It is a day set aside to learn more about him and his ways. It is time in which we cease from our work, from our work to allow him to to work in us, writing his laws and ways in our hearts. But before we can teach our children God's ways, we first build a right relationship with them, with them, one in one in which God's truth will grow and flourish. And flourish in the hearts of our children. Our teaching and example must demonstrate to them a a way of life they will they will want to they will want to to emulate rather than a burden imposed on them. Why differing views? How do our young people view the Sabbath? Some teenagers resent it, feeling that because of it. They are missing out on something. It's so boring, they may say. They rather be out with friends than with their families. Not knowing how to handle this attitude, parents sometimes have two opposites and equally wrong reactions. Some think, maybe if I am more lenient, they they won't dislike it so much. This approach causes children to to devalue the Sabbath and disrespect the parent and disrespect. Their parents, as they, uh, as they do whatever they please on, on that day, other parents think maybe if I, maybe if I make them do it, they will learn to like it. This causes children to resent both the day and the parents. The tug of war continues, and everyone grows frustrated, discouraged, and confused. Do teens respect the Sabbath? Some don't. But a great many do. In my job as a national coordinator for programs for youth, teens are often 
Often, often, ask me questions about the Sabbath during a visit I made to a Georgia youth strapping teenager who looked like he was born to play football approached me. My name's Johnny said, looking down at me. Here's my question. Is it really wrong to play football on the Sabbath? On the Sabbath? I looked him in the eye and said, yes, John, it really is. He broke out. And, and a big smile. I said, right, I was just testing ya. And he was. He wanted a formation that that his sacrifice was worth it. It was a test for him. Just as it, just as it, just as it, sometimes is for the rest of us. He understood the Sabbath and followed it. Why some are bored? Why are why are other kids simply bored with it? Let's consider another teenager and why. Her outlook is different. Tina is 16 and only child. She's bright, but I'm motivated in school. She doesn't, she doesn't mix well with other students or with anyone else. She's not active at church, and she hates sports, dances, and other social events. She's disrespectful to her, to her mother. Tina would sum up her life. Her life, school, church, fam, family, friends, activities. In one word, boring. What's wrong with this picture? Tina was, Tina was born when her parents were well, in, were well into middle age. Her father was special to her, but now he is seriously ill and she misses him. At 16, she needs him more than ever, but he isn't there. Tina's mother spends a lot of time, a lot of time, taking care of Tina's father and therefore can't provide much comfort for Tina, who is at fault here, no one. But there is a hole in Tina's life. She fears of doubt, abandoned, ignored, ignored. She feels like she, she's not a part of anything to deal with her plight, Tina has chosen to distance herself from her, from her feelings of, 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 of abandonment by being bored. She has closed her heart to her family, school, church, or friends. When we have no involvement in anything, we are bored teens who feel bored with the, with the Sabbath or teens who don't identify with their church, who don't feel a part of it, who feel, who feel the, who feel who fear the church doesn't all, all doesn't all for what they need. They can't see, they can't see that there there was anything there for them. This is boring. They say it's boring because they are not included and therefore not involved. They probably have the have the same vague uneasiness about their families because their parents are too are too busy to talk to talk to them. They probably have the same vague uneasiness about their families because their parents are too are too busy to talk to them much. They feel excluded. They feel excluded, disconnected from family decisions. From family decisions, the Sabbath also lays the groundwork for our relationship with God and the religion of the heart. Underlying relationships. When parents who have not won the heart of their children try try to impose rules, they meet resistance. There is a simple equation for summarizing this phenomenon. Rules. 
without without relationship equals rebel and rules without a relationship or bowing because they are seen as meaningless. When we are interested in a subject, it is not boring from a teen standpoint. When when our church and our parents are not interested in us, there is there is no connection, no personal involvement. When there is not enough personal involvement, there is no there is no there is no personal interest in the things that that are important to to the parent. The, the Sabbath is boring to teens because they have no personal involvement. It belongs to other people, not to them. If we want to pass on our values to our children, we must first open their hearts to receive them. There is also a simple equation that shows this principle rules. With relationship equals respect rules. With a relationship, all important because the child... Because the child knows the parent cares, and the things that are important to the parent will be seen as important by the child, even though peer pressure and and innumerable other other distractions adversely affect children. Their parents have have a greater impact on their values than any other influence, and this is especially true when it comes to religious values. God. In spite of, in spite of societal influences, ha- has put parents in the most powerful position to influence their children, the children's lifelong bullies. He places parents, places parents in this position so that they, unlike anyone else, can open the hearts of their children to receive their values. If you want God to write the Sabbath on the hearts of your children, you must work. On your relationship with your children and open their hearts. And open their hearts. Dealing with boredom. Is the Sabbath supposed to be boring? In some families, the main Sabbath activity is sleeping. Children's motive in sleeping through through the day is right. They want to keep the Sabbath. They want to keep the Sabbath. They 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 they, they sleep. Just to just to escape boredom. But what does the Sabbath represent? It symbolizes the millennial West. West, the kingdom of God is that boring? Of course not. The Sabbath is not supposed to be boring either. If we if we make it boring and tedious for our children, what what message always any then? The problem the problem lies in in Emmis Emmis. Understandings about the Sabbath, we sometimes don't know how to how to keep it properly, to to correctly, to correctly, and po- and, and positively and positively picture the kingdom of God and eliminate Sabbath boredom. We must teach our children the real intent of the Sabbath. Everyone knows that God rested on the Sabbath, and so should we. But God also works on the Sabbath, and so should we. But Sabbath work must be of a particular kind. In John chapter 5, verses 2 to 17. John chapter 5. John 
chapter 5, verses 2 to 17, too. Near, near Sheep Gate in Jerusalem was a pool called P-E-T-H-E-S-D-A in Hebrew. It had five porches. Under these porches, a large number of sick people, people who were, who were blind, lame, or paralyzed, used to lie. One man who had been sick for 38 years was lying there. Jesus saw the man lying there and knew that he, ha- that he had been sick for a long time. So Jesus asked the man, Would you like to get well? The sick man answered Jesus, Sir, I don't have anyone to put me into the, into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get there, someone else steps into the pool ahead of me. Jesus told the man, Get up, pick up your cart, and walk. The man immediately became well, picked up his cart, and walk. That happened on a day of worship. So the Jews told the told the man who had who had been here, This is a day of worship. You are not allowed to carry your cart today. The man replied, The man who, who made me who made me well told me to pick up my cart and walk. The Jews asked him, Who is who is the man who told you to pick it up and walk? But the man who had been here didn't didn't know who 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 Jesus was. Jesus had withdrawn from the crowd. Later, Jesus met met the man in the temp, in the temple courtyard and told him, "You are well now. Stop sinning, so so that something worse doesn't happen to you." The man went back to the Jews and told them that Jesus was the man who had made made him well. The Jews began to prosecute Jesus. The Jews began to prosecute Jesus because, because he kept, because he kept, kept healing people on the day. I worship Jesus replied to them. My father is working right now and so am I. We read the account of Jesus healing on the Sabbath of a man who had been crippled 38 years. 38 years, an act thus that elicited criticism from the Jews. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and working, working until now, and, and I have been working. Verse 17. Verse 17. Jesus replied to them, My father is working right now, and so am I. And so am I. God rested from his creative work on the Sabbath to show us that we should rest from our work as well. But God continues one kind of work seven days a week, night and day. Without ceasing, God is working to bring all of us into his kingdom. He works to, 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 to help people grow spiritually on the Sabbath. He works consistently to build a close personal relationship with his people. Jesus healed more people on the Sabbath than on any other day. He traveled on the Sabbath. He taught and preached on the Sabbath. Was Jesus sinning? No. These activities on the part of our Savior were part of God's work of helping, of helping people enter into the kingdom of God and were perfectly acceptable to God. Talk to God as a family. When you're when when our children were growing up, we had a fa- we had a family tradition of praying together every 
Friday night we called it talking to God to help everyone think of what to pray about. We had a we had a formula we all used. Each of each of us would make his or her own prayer list using this formula. Before we would begin to pray, we would each we we would each express thanks for someone or something. Pray about something something concerning God's work. Pray for someone else. Pray. For some, for pray for something regarding ourselves. Once everyone had had his list complete, we would all kneel side by side in front of the sofa. As the mother, I would begin. Then each other, then then each other children would take a turn. The order was determined minded before we began, and Dad would go last and close. On occasion, the girls might have guests over for the night. On those occasions, they were given the option to join us or not. Some did, some didn't. We found this family tradition to be beneficial in several ways. Not only was it an opportunity to set the, to set the right example and teach our children how to pray, but it gave us insight into how they thought, into, into how they thought, what, what was important to them, what they were, were most concerned about if you are not using if you are not used to praying together, it may seem awkward at first, but if you per, but if you persist, it will become a habit. We found that we were able to build an enjoyable family tradition of talking to god e l e i n e jacobs jacobs in some families, the main Sabbath activity is sleeping. Children's motive in sleeping is is to escape boredom, sowing seeds for the kingdom. Whatever we do on the Sabbath should involve sowing seeds for the kingdom. Consider the many people Jesus healed as far as we know most of the, uh, of the people he healed did not become converted. So why did he bother healing them? Did he, did he, just like to amaze people with his miracles? I don't think so. Jesus paid a lot of attention to beggars, the blind, the blind, crippled people, children, the people, others, the, the people, others ignored. Others ignored why he knew that that that, that uh, he knew that someone that someone unaccustomed to acts of kindness who was shown a little of it will remember it forever. Is it not possible that Jesus was setting these people up for a future relationship with them in the kingdom? He can he can walk up to these people and. And say, remember me? And the rapport will be instantaneous. I think he was sowing seeds for the kingdom. Can we do the same thing? I asked a group of fifth graders to tell me ways they could sow seeds for the kingdom. Here are their responses. Be friends with the kids. Everybody Everybody else picks on at school. Study the Bible to learn the answers to hard questions. Visit friends and relatives when they get sick. 
Visit the elderly. Do you want your children to learn how to be kind, to be outgoing, to, to project a giving, solving attitude? Do you want them to, to, be, to be considerate of those less fortunate, to, ta- to take them, to take them out on the Sabbath and as a family sow sun seeds for the kingdom? Of course you do. And as you, you teach them, talk about why you are, you are doing what you are doing. Involve your children in the thinking as well as the activity. As the activity. Why it's important. Why is it so important to set the proper example for our children? Because God, because God requires it of us. As described in Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 40. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. 31 to 40. 31 to 40. When the Son of Man comes and his glory and and all his angels are with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. The, pe- the people of every nation will be, gather- will be gathered in front of him. He will separate them as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, come, my father ha- has blessed you, and here with the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you, and you took me into your home. I needed clothes, and you, and you gave me something to wear. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the people who have God's approval will, will reply to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry? We see you hungry and feed you, or see you thirsty and give you something to drink. When did when did we see you as a stranger and take you into our homes, or see you in need, in need of clothes and give you something to wear? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? The king will answer them, I can guarantee this truth. Whatever you did for for one, are my brothers or sisters, no matter how unimportant they seem, you did for me. You did for me. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will, will be gathered will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, on his right hand, "Come, you bless of my father, inherit, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the from the foundation of 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 the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger." And you took took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous were answer hands, saying, Lord, when did we, we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and, and take you in or, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we, we see you sick 
or, or in prison and, and come to you. And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of the of these, my brethren, you did it to me. You did it to me. Do you want your children to build a relationship with God? Do you want God to know your children? Of course you do. Then teach them to to do good for for those less fortunate. Teach your children to be to be partners with God in sowing seeds for the kingdom on the Sabbath as Christ did. Do it do it with them and and you will strengthen your relationship with God and and your and your children at the same time. At the same time. Do you want your children to learn how to be kind and are going to sow seeds for the kingdom? Get them involved. Get your children involved in helping in the church of God. Teens and young students can do more can do most things the the older members can do, of course. They don't they of course they don't know how how at first but that but that's what 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 the but that's what the rest of it, of us are there for, are are there for to show them how to do it. Paul discussed this principle in Titus chapter two verses three to four. Titus, Titus, six hundred thirty one, six hundred. Thirty-one. Titus chapter two. Titus chapter two, three and four. Tell older women to to live to live their lives in a way that shows that shows they are they are dedicated to to God. Tell them not to be gossip, to be gossips or addicted to alcohol. But to but to be examples of virtue. In this way, they will they will teach young women to show love to show love to show love love to their husbands and children and children. Instruct the older women the older women likewise that they that they be teachers of good things that they admonish the young women to love their husbands. To love their children, to to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands. We must get young people involved and help them realize they have a part in the church too. Young girls should should help out in the kitchen with snacks and refreshment. Boys can help with setup and cleanup. Put them to work and patiently teach them how to how to solve. That's how they become a part of a part of God's church. That's how they learn that they are loved, valuable, and appreciated. Will there be will there be bugs in the system? You bet. But it's far more important the young people get involved than than it is than it is 
for everything to run smoothly and on time. This inclusive involvement is the way every society passes on its ways and values to its next generation. It works. And it, it works. And it, and it, and it had better work for the sake of our next generation. Spiritual intent. Uh, under the old covenant, God, clear, God clearly spelled out rules for how the Sabbath was to be kept. When Christ came, he, man, he magnified the law. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 21. Verse 21. Isaiah. Isaiah 42. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 21. Verse 21. The Lord is pleased because he does, because he does what? Is right. He praises the greatness of his teaching and makes them glorious. He showed us the spiritual intent that hatred, for example, is like murder and lust is as bad as adultery. Jesus also magnified the Sabbath. In Mark chapter 2, verses 23 to 28. Mark chapter 2. Chapter 2, verses 23, 23 to 20, 23. Once, uh, on a day of worship, Jesus was going through the grain fields. As the disciples walked along, they began to pick the heads of grain. The Pharisees asked them, Look, why are your disciples doing something that is not permitted on the day of worship? Jesus asked them, Haven't, haven't, you, ever, haven't you ever read what David did? When he and his man were in need and were hungry, haven't you ever read how he went into, into the house of God when A-B-I-A-T-H-A-R was chief priest and ate the bread of the presence? He had no right to eat those loaves. Only the priests have that right. Haven't you, haven't you ever read, have, haven't you ever read how he, he also gave some of it to his man? Then he said, the day of worship was made for people, not people, for the day of worship. For this reason, the Son of Man has authority over the day of worship. Of worship. The Pharisees criticized the disciples because, because they picked some grain as they walked through fields on the Sabbath. Jesus Christ pointed, pointed, Jesus Christ pointed that the fit pointed the Pharisees away from their rigid way of observing the Sabbath and pointed them to, to the original meaning of the day. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, he told them. Jesus taught the Sabbath's intended purpose, that that that, that, that the day is a, ble- is a blessing God gave, uh, gave, God gave us to help us draw close to him. Jesus emphasized what the day 
is for rather rather than listing all the things we can do. This is how we must teach our children. I received a letter from a teenage girl. Please help me with my confusion about the Sabbath. She pleaded, "Is it okay? Is it okay to go to go out with my school friends on Friday night? Is it okay to play to play school sports on the Sabbath?" Everyone I know, everyone I know says it's no big deal. My friends wonder what's wrong with me. I want to get along with my friends and have fun, but I also want to please God and live like His son. I don't know what to do. I did not send her a long list of things she could and could not do. I quoted Isaiah chapter fifty-eight, verses thirteen and fourteen. Isaiah 58 Isaiah 58 58 13 verses 13 and 14 13 if you stop if you start trampling on the day of worship and doing as you please on my holy day. If you call the day of worship a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, if you honor it by not by not going your own way, by not by not going out when you want, and by not and by not talking idly, then you will will, will find joy in the Lord. I will I will make you wide on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with with the inheritance of your ancestor Jacob. The Lord has spoken. If you, if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from the sap, if you, if you turn your foot, foot, oh, foot, foot from the Sabbath, from, 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 from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor Him, not doing your your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your words. Then you shall then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken has spoken. We must get young people involved and help them realize they have a part in the church too. Let kids make decisions. If we take time out from the busyness of our lives, of our lives, ceasing from our own works to let God to let God work on us, we will draw close to God. That is what the Sabbath is for, and we should teach our children how to use it properly. As they grow older, we can let them make decisions just as just as God allows us to do. For instance, we can we can let them make the 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 decision. Just as God allows us to do. For instance, we we can let them make the make the decision of what to do for several hours. So they play video games, call a friend who is sick, do homework, help mom, get dinner ready, or just lie back and be bored. And be bored. Ask your kids. Which of these activities best fits the purpose of the Sabbath? In this process, they learn to participate in Sabbath decision-making. 
when they make the right choices, they feel good, and the and the right and the right decisions are reinforced. When they choose unwisely, they also learn. Through this process, our children learn to become partners with God in Sabbath keeping. They gradually learn the purpose and intent of the day, and and the Sabbath becomes a part of them. God's fourth commandment is being written in the hearts, not as a list of rules, but in its but in its spiritual intent. As they grow older, the Sabbath will be a part of their lives. They will find themselves Sabbath keepers. When children are only a few years old, we need to tell we need to tell them tell them everything to do. But if we continue that approach, detailing every move and behavior for for them well into the teenage years, the the best we we can offer for is little people who understand the Sabbath only as a list of rules and regulations. They will not understand the purpose of the other day, other day. In their hearts, but if we build that relationship with them, opening our hearts to them, then the hearts will be open to us. Our desires and beliefs will hold great weight in their minds. They won't. They won't want to to disappoint us, and they won't want to disappoint God. Live our religion. We must live our our religion at home. I once met a young a young man. Who told me about his mother? She had eighteen children, and her husband did not did not like her religion. The did not like her religion. The family lived one hundred fifty miles from the nearest location for Sabbath services. After the after the young man's mother attended church for several years, she con she contracted R H E U M A T O I D arthritis, which invaded most of her joints and spine, disfiguring her hands and feet. She was rendered bedfast, suffering excruciating. However, every Sabbath at four in the morning, her alarm clock would go off. She would rise slowly and with great effort ready herself and her children for Sabbath services. She would ride with aching joints for three hours to service, sit on a metal chair for two hours, fellowship for an hour and wide, three hours home. When she got home, she went to bed. <coughs> she went to home. She went to bed where she stayed until four o'clock the morning of the next Sabbath. After seven years of keeping the Sabbath in this manner, she died. Her son told me he found it almost unthinkable to miss services for any reason. He knew his mother's heart. She loved and honored God and wish more than, than anything else to obey Him. If we want our children to love and respect God, the most important thing we can do is love and respect God. If we want our children to love and keep the Sabbath, then we must love and keep the Sabbath. We must live at our religion at home, and we and we must remember that each of our children is a vessel is a dedicated to God, for the preservation of his truth. Of his truth. Help your children prove it. Most of us have experienced a time in our life when we have had to, to re-examine our spiritual foundations. During this soul searching, the diploma uh, of a special group 
uh, people, our children, uh, uh, our children has given me pause. My children are now grown, having been born and uh, having been born and grown up in our church since my husband is a minister who prepares his sermons on Friday nights. Most of most of the time, most of the time. It fell. My responsibility on the Sabbath to read to our children and teach them God's way. I took my responsibility. I took my responsibility seriously and was diligent. But a conversation I had with one of my daughters a few months ago started me thinking about how I could I could have done a better job. My jo- my daughter told me she didn't know if she if she believed what she what she believed because it. Was what she was. She was taught, or because, or because she had, she had proved it. I imagine a lot of children. I imagine a lot of children who are grown up attending their parents' church have found themselves in this, in this, in this Q U A N D A R Y. I started thinking up, thinking about what what could be done by parents of the next generation to ensure. Their children don't go through this. It seems to me the thing to do is not only teach teach our cho- teach our children God's truth, but teach them how to prove it to themselves and provide an opportunity for them to do so. For example, as the world's holidays approach, plan a day to take your children to the library to to the library to research the origin of the holidays. It seems. To me, encyclopedias would be a good place to begin the search. Help your children understand the meaning of the days and the various customs associated with them. Often, of course, you will discover the origins uh, of such days lie in pagan practices of the ancient of the ancient world, and it is inappropriate for Christians to participate in these customs. If your library is if your library skills are stale, as mine are, you might you might want to take a dry one. First, go the library without your children and enlist the aid of the librarian to help help you navigate. For example, the computerized card files. Card files. When you do when you do take the kids, remember you are on this outing. To let them prove, prove something for themselves, offer to help them, but let them find the book, look up the topic, and read the information. Think of ways to make this a positive experience. Don't allow it to become hard work by requiring a 10-page report on their findings, for instance. Perhaps you could plan a picnic or go for ice cream afterwards. Go to a private place where you can discuss what has been proved, you can stimulate conversation by asking questions and letting your children tell you what they learned later if you later if you have other literature on the holiday in question, you could guide a study of the holiday with the children taking turns reading and looking up scriptures i believe in i believe in exercise. Like this, done once a year or even semi-annually, will help. Will help. Right. Some uh, are these truths on our children's hearts. Then, when 
they are older. They wouldn't, they wouldn't know what they, they believe because, because they have proven it for themselves. E-L-A-I-N-E, Jacobs, end of article.